Hello and welcome to Review, the show where we get to chat to the fascinating people from the motoring universe, learning how they got to where they are today. I'm Andrew, and on this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Richard Brunning, who is a racing driver, an engineer, and one half of Bad Obsession Motorsport. Welcome to Review, Richard. I'd like to start off by asking, what is Bad Obsession Motorsport? <laughs> um, I think we're best known for a crazy YouTube uh, project, um, but um, we're um, a race and running car preparation business, uh, restorations, um, anything sort of vehicle related, really. Yes, um, it, it is a wonderful YouTube channel, uh, but we will dig into that later on. Okay, you worry. Yep. Um, first of all, uh, let's go to do like I always do, which is find out when did you or when have you been told you were first interested in in motors and motorsport and all that sort of stuff? One of my earliest memories. Um, is I think I get this right. It's probably 1979. Um, a record called "Hit Me with Your Rhythm Stick." I don't know whether you know that one. Um, yes. It was. I remember it playing on the radio when I was at um, my dad's friend's uh, garage. Um, my dad used to restore vintage commercial vehicles with um, his friend John, and I used to go down there as a kid every Sunday and um, hang out. So I used to watch him uh, work on these commercial vehicles. Um, and then from fairly early age, was into Formula One and racing and all that sort of stuff because dad watched it. Mm. And to be fair, around then it, it was quite special. Well, it's sort of early 80s, mid 80s, sort of Mansell was my, because I was uh, in 86, I was probably, I was 11. So um, he was he was my hero as a kid. Mm. He was absolutely my hero. I used to draw pictures of him, you know, in the cars, the Williams and... And all that sort of stuff. Um, Stick fake moustaches on you. I never went that, that far. Honest, but, um, <laughs> okay, just me. Just me. <laughs> so um, uh, then I got into radio control cars, um, registered mm-hmm. those for a little while, and then started racing carts when I was 13, I think, 12 or 13, yeah. Um, and I, I've been racing ever since. Do you think the interest in engineering and everything like that was because of what your dad did and you spending time yeah. and watching it and going yeah that's quite cool yeah look, look what you can do with a hammer and a and a spanner and things like that. yeah i don't think there's any question about it i think that's exactly what happened um and once i could pick up a spanner or, or hold a screwdriver um you know and he'd let me do little things um Mm. You know, tighten this screw probably go back and tighten it afterwards because it was only a little bit um you know from always working with my hands and, and watching him do stuff and, and being amazed when this you know uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of years old 19 let's say 1936 Leyland Badger we had and it fired up for the first time and, and that was you know that was awesome that was really cool mm. and I think that's what sort of that's what precipitated the whole thing really and then obviously that continued through school because you were 13 when you started karting mm-hmm. um did you enjoy the karting? Was that was cool. that was it yeah. immediately as soon as you were in there? It was like mm. absolutely, yeah. You're going to have to prize this out of my cold dead hands, almost. Actually, literally, because um, uh, <laughs> when you first start kart racing, you tend to hold the steering wheel too tight, and your hands cramp up. So when I was a novice, when I was you know first starting off, my dad used to have to peel my hands, my fingers off the steering wheel because they were cramped up. So yes, absolutely, yeah, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, and it was a lovely way to spend time with dad, um, just the two of us. Broggering off to um, Wigan and Chasewater and Little Rissington and Shennington and all over the country, racing mm-hmm. every other weekend for 10, 12 years before I moved to the States. But um, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. So when you were older, were you racing anything else at the same mm-hmm. time or was it just the carts? Yeah, yeah. We raced um, uh, Formula Ford. Um, we raced Vauxhall Junior in uh, 94, I think we did that. Um, 
And then in the States, I raced Caterhams and uh, Formula Mazda. We had to go in one of those. Um, so, yeah, if it's got four wheels, I'll drive it. I, you know, it's, I even got to drive um, a 1962 Brabham BT4 Formula One car, which Ooh. was lovely. Um, Nervous? Much? Yeah, very much so. It wasn't mine. It was worth a ton. And, um, <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> uh, and uh, Dad had done the gearbox work on it. And the guy who owned it was um, local to where we lived. And uh, Dad used to do quite a lot of a lot of work on my car. And um, it had a new engine, or it had the engine rebuilt, or the gearbox rebuilt, or something. And um, the guy who owned it was a fairly elderly gentleman. And um, uh, he didn't want to ring, he didn't want to run the engine in, couldn't be bothered. So he rang my dad and said, does Richard want to do it? <laughs> so I went, yeah. <laughs> so we dropped off to uh, Mallory. So after they stopped twisting your arm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's brilliant. That, was, that was quite a thing, that was. You're so exposed in it. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Oh, uh, yeah. I, 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 when you watch uh, the Re- Goodwood Revival or um, the members meeting, it really hammers it home just how, how much people were, without being too cliche, pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. In terms of everything that could be done, and you know, safety was it became a focus, but it's not nothing like not in the it 60s, today. it wasn't not in the early 60s. Mm. It was just how fast can the car go, and the you know, the driver is there to drive it. Mm. Just scary yet brilliant at the same time, yeah. And, and driving it was just exactly that, it was scary but brilliant, yeah. <laughs> So when you were in school, did you do anything um, to further the engineering side of things? Was it was your did you tailor your education as much as one can towards that sort of thing? Um, not or, did, or was that just learning it while you were doing it? Yeah, it it, it, it was. It was all learning it while doing. When um, I met Nick at school, mm-hmm. and we've been best mates since we were twelve. Um, so that's thirty odd years now. And um, you know, Nick's uncle lived on a 400 acre hill farm in the Shropshire Hills and the first car Dreadful ever, place to live yeah it's, it's absolutely amazing and that's that's where our secret volcano lair is in the in the Shropshire mm. and um yeah we we, we just buggered around on the farm so we, we we had a mini we had a black mini um that we buggered around with we had a, a mark on fiesta that we buggered around with so at school it wasn't no I, I didn't really tell you my education around that but after school um, did mechanical production engineering and did an apprenticeship with um, an engineering firm and um, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, after school it was, but not before. Why did you go to America? You went off there. Um, I, it, an op- Just for the hell of yeah, it? Yeah, an opportunity sort of presented itself. And at sort of at 24, given the chance to go and live in another country for a while and, and, um, and work over there and, 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 and see different things and, and, and you know, and... and and sort of absorb different culture was was what a fantastic opportunity. So I took it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've I've lived abroad um, because my parents were because I was too young to have any say in that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's absolutely you're right. If you've got if you've got that opportunity and there's nothing to hold you back, go and do it yeah. because it's it's just to experience it is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And and I I knew nothing. I had no money really. Um, I had a job, um, which was the which was the main thing, but. Um, mm. It was, oh man, what a what a great time! What a great time! Whereabouts out there were you? Uh, we, I started well. We, I started off in West Virginia, um, mm-hmm. at a racetrack called Summit Point. That was quite an experience. And then I moved down to another track called Virginia International Raceway. You may have, you may be aware of it. Um, you may not, but I was there when it opened. It, when it reopened because it was closed in 1967, and then it reopened in 2000. Yeah, 2000. And um, so I was there when it opened, and it was. Oh, what a place that is. What a place that is. That is 
my favorite track i think i think it's 3.27 miles of sex it's amazing <laughs> it's an amazing place uh, so i spent two years there and then i moved to um connecticut and um i was working at a racetrack called lime rock park mm-hmm. and i met loads of people there because they had loads of massive events and paul newman i sold a stopwatch too that was quite cool and <laughs> um <laughs> and uh, uh, so yeah, all up and down the east coast at racetracks down the east, up and down the east coast. Oh, that sounds awesome! Mm. That sounds absolutely awesome. Uh, and I presume you were out there racing on them as well. And yeah, yeah, I got the chance. I just blagged rides, which was you know just the way to do it. You know, <laughs> I just I got um, got offered um, to drive people's cars, which was nice. So so uh, how come you came back then? Sorry, I, I, this sounds mm. probably a very personal question, but you know it sounds so fab out there. Mm. <laughs> Why come back? That's an interesting question. Um, at the time, I had to make a choice. Do I want to stay where I am um, and go through all the rigmarole of becoming legal, effectively? Yeah, um, yeah. Or do I want to come home? At the time, because I, I never really had any roots down there because I kept moving from track to track and from place to place. You know, new friends every time and you know, new people every time. It was, it was quite difficult. Um, at the same time, over here, Nick was building... Um, the 205 rally car and he wanted mm. to go rallying and I wanted to sit next to him. So the sort of two things, I was a bit homesick. I wanted to, I wanted to go rallying with Nick and that was the choice I had to make. So I, I decided to come home in the end. Mm. Okay. So, so you've come back. Um, you obviously get on with Nick, or, you know, the best friend since you were 12, but you're going to have to really get on if you're going to sit next to each other in a, in a rally car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We often said we're sort of the same person, just a slightly different space in time, <laughs> uh, slightly phased. But you know, we know how each other think, and mm-hmm. you can react instantly to stuff like that. And we don't have to, you know. There's often visual clues, and 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 the tone of my voice in, in the rally would 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 tell him stuff that other people wouldn't know. Mm. It worked really well. It worked really well. We had, we had a blast with it. We had a fantastic time. In the, we had the two or five challenge, which was you know really entry level. Group N spec, you know, not allowed to change anything. Mm. But it was a, a really good series, and, and we went up and down Wales and all around the place, and it was we had a really good fun with that. And yeah, I mean, I suppose if you know each other so well in that sort of pressure environment, it, which it is, um, the using the least amount of words as possible will save time mm. and hopefully dense Hopefully, the idea is... Yeah. We we, um, we lost a wing mirror once because I told him something was it was one of those single venues and there was like some hay bales to on the last bit of the chicane before the finish and over the because you do it three or four times and they they got further and further apart and I kept and then I was like Nick that's flat through there that's flat through there and he went no it isn't I said come on let's do it it's flat it's flat there was a, like four hundred before you know big four hundred I was like talking to him, I was like it's flat it's flat it's flat go on go on go on and he hit it and the wing mirror pinged off my side because he hit the, I said, it was flat. <laughs> yeah, but we lost the link. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You're right. Yeah, they can screw back mm. up. That's fine. It's nothing serious. It was flat. I told him. <laughs> Sounds like the Eddie Jordan uh, rallying yes. with uh, Chris. That's right, yeah. Keep going. Come on, come on. <laughs> the Irish the Irish, are the best for that. Have you ever watched any Irish tarmac rally show? No, well, no, I honestly, haven't. Honestly, Andrew, seriously, get onto YouTube as soon as we finish and look at Irish Rally, uh, Tomac Rally Championship and watch the in-car and listen to the uh, the navigators. They are insane. They are brilliant. <laughs> I love them. So do you, uh, you were all um, on, you weren't just doing gravel 
uh, and stuff. Did it have tarmac yeah, yeah. sections in what you were doing? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, tarmac. Which, do, which, which does Nick prefer? I think he prefers the loose. Um, okay. Because he's always been the sort of the, the, the gravel, loose, slippy kind of expert. And I've always been the tarmac, smooth, you know, grip sort of expert, if you like. Um, so the, t- the sort of the two things. Yeah, he, he definitely prefers the gravel. He likes to chuck it around. Because mm, of his farm. Yeah, I guess so. Room. Yeah, we used to have a Morris Marina. It wasn't ours, but it was a, bit of a Morris Marina, um, eighteen hundred TC, and um, we've laid out a little track at the top of the hill, and mm. sort of every weekend we just go up there and just rag it round until it blew up. Um, so he's always, yeah, he's very happy with it moving about. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so how long did you do the uh, two or five rallying for? Yeah, I did it for a year. I think we did it for well, two, two thousand four. Uh, I think we did. And we did a couple of events in 2005 and six, just one-offs, not in the 205 Challenge, just in um, up to 1600 front-wheel drive. Because mm-hmm. um, we built an engine, special engine, 1600 engine for it with um, uh, 16 valve 1600 Peugeot engine that we developed and put together. Um, so that was a sort of test bed for that. As one does. I should yeah. do, you know, just using parts that you've... <laughs> Tinkering. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and and... Yeah, custom-made pistons, custom-made rods, and all the custom-made stuff you have to do when you're building a motor like that. But um, yeah, so we, um, but we're um, we have plans to bring the whole thing out again after Binky and and um, um, and go go back and have some fun in the forest. But we've got a lot to do on the car before that. So was the point of that to get more power out of a 1.6 or smoother or something? Why did you go down the custom route rather than sort of an off-the-shelf? Because the off-the-shelf ones are too expensive. Um, okay. So for a price of a couple of sets of rods, because it was it was not cheaper, but it was better value to buy two sets than it was to buy one set, and a set of pistons and a load of time, it was just as. And we thought, well, can we do it? I think, yeah, we can do it. So we we lined it all up and we checked all that the head would fit, and we had to make some some bits and pieces for the end of it to make the the, the pulleys and the and the uh, the cam belts and all that work. But if the second iteration of that was pulling. Uh, 198 horse before it blew up on the dyno. Um, so I shouldn't laugh. No, well, you can, yeah, by all means. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. What what bit didn't like that? Um, the brand new idler um, oh. bearing on the cam belt exploded. Ah, uh, oh. So um, that was the end of that. So it's since then it's sat in a box, looking sorry for itself. The motor's out of the, the of the of the car. You, if you've watched the videos, you'll, you've seen the car a couple of times. We, we, mm. The seats, we did a little bit of a shot of the seats, and there were some other bits and pieces we shot with it. Um, so it gets pulled out occasionally, but um, that engine that had potential because we were just starting to start to map it properly. You know, it was about halfway through the day. It would, it was all new, and we just, it really had potential. We wanted to get two hundred and. 10-ish, um, and, and with with a bit more time before it blew up, we, I reckon we could have got there. So we'll have to do it again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, when as you say, when uh, Project Binky finishes, um, that magic when because I've seen uh, when in in doing a bit of research, <laughs> see the when mm. question mm. crops up a lot. Yeah, it's probably, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's yes. the number one question we get asked. <laughs> when is the next episode? When's it going to get finished? Yeah, uh, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> But at the same time that you were doing the two or five, was that when you were doing the uh, co-driving? Is that when the business side of things was happening as well, or did that happen 
a bit later mm, on. We, Barnum Session Motorsport has existed as an idea since 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, on my on my Formula Vauxhall Junior car, we had a little sticker on it, Barnum Session Motorsport. Not the same logo that you see now. It was just some <laughs> script um, made out of vinyl. That we had professionally done, but as a as a as a concept, Bad Obsession Motorsport has existed since '94. The business side of it hasn't really started until. Although we've done we've done projects for other people, so we did the Turbo Mini, we did the Mixo, we did um, some other bits and pieces of kicking about before Binky started in 2013. And, but as a business, it hasn't really started until very recently. It, now, is that because you realised you were doing all these projects for everybody else and thought, hang on? No, it was more of a case of uh, we both had fairly stable, full-paying, full-time jobs. And while... Oh, well, now seems the perfect time to throw that up in the air. And... Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so it was, it was <laughs> like, why, you know... So the, the, the... There's not enough stress in our lives. <laughs> let's, let's just, you know, let's just throw it all up and see what happens, you know. So at the time, it wasn't really, a, it wasn't really an issue. Um, it was just doing stuff for other people. But, we, but in the back of our minds, we've, I mean, literally, honestly, hand on heart, since 94, actually since before that, but since, since we sort of, we came up with a name and... and um, in in the, around that time, we've always wanted to work together, but never had the opportunity to do so. Now that name is that something that other that somebody gave you, or was it one that you two had worked out yourselves? It's um, it's quite straightforward actually. It was one of our favourite Guns N' Roses songs. Okay. Um, off Fusion Illusion One. It was just a <laughs> great tune, and um, <laughs> I think it just stuck from there. Yeah, it's, that's that's all it is. It's just we're massive Guns N' Roses fans. So we went um, we went to the Muggersdorf Stadium in Cologne to see them in '94, and because um, uh, we couldn't get tickets for the UK, yeah. So it was just it was just off one of our favourite songs. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had it in my own head. I had it that somebody just turned like it's just such a bad obsession you two have got. This is ridiculous. <laughs> well, you know, you, you'll come to nothing. <laughs> like well, yeah. I mean, you know, if, 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 people are welcome to put whatever they want on it, but, <laughs> and that one comes up quite a lot. But no, actually, genuinely, it's it's one of our favourite songs. It's as simple as that. Right. So uh, we you've done the the Peugeot. Rallying, mm-hmm. you've broken an engine mm. Um, mm. just through a faulty part because everything else was going to be fine. Otherwise, 210, not a problem. Yeah, we could see so. that yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. When, what's the time difference between shelving the, the, the Peugeot and starting infamous Binky? Mm-mm-mm-mm. It's quite some time, actually. Um, so what were you doing in between? Well, there was the mixo took a long time, um, because again, it's the same same as Binky has been. It's been it was weekends only, and mm. and and, okay. and putting a, a Saxo. I don't know if you've seen it. On, on, um, it's a, a complete Saxo running gear in a mini. So a Saxo VTS, so it's sixteen hundred sixteen valve, and it's got the proper beam at the back with the disc brakes, and, and the whole subframe at the front had to be made up with the suspension and electric steering. Um, sorry, um, a power steering and all that sort of stuff. So that 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 took quite a long time. Um, um, oh, what was I doing? Well, I was working, he was working. And the minis, that we did the turbo mini, we did the, the, the mixo. And Binky'd come about because of a fight between these two people, or these two minis. They were both arguing over who'd got the best mini. And then 
Nick decided, well, bugger both of you, I'm going to build the best mini. <laughs> and so I guess between between the sort of end of the rallying and and and, and the start of the of, of the ludicrous project, um, we were sort you of you had other ludicrous projects. We did have other ludicrous projects, but we were also sort of setting up for what you saw at the beginning of the of the series, which was like building the big blue jig, for example. That took six months. Um, that was really difficult, and and getting the, the where we where our workshop is is a great big potato shed, and to build the the build area that you see, we had to put a mezzanine in, and put all the lighting in, and and build the big blue jig, and all this that and the other. So it it was quite a long time before the project started that we knew we were doing the project. So it was all okay, set up. Yeah, yeah. Like. It's all your prep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Live, livable and habitable. Well, I wouldn't go that. Far. Not heating though. I noticed in oh, some of your videos, God. it's not heating. It's not, it's not heating at all. We got. A, you can't see it, but we, actually, you can see it in one of the Q and A, one of the um, outtakes videos. It was a Christmas Eve one. Day, and Nick was. It was five in the morning or something, and Nick had been shooting till five in the morning on Christmas Eve or well, Christmas Day, if you like. And he opened the curtains because we got these curtains that drop down um, just to try and keep some heat in that just that area where the mini is. And he's like, oh, I'm going home. <laughs> and that was, um, yeah, so we just got some curtains to try and keep heating one end. But the rest of the, it's huge. The, the workshop is massive. And it's very, very high ceilings. It's impossible to heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, um, I mean, I think that's, the fact that you've built the jig and everything it is from when I've watched it, I mean, because Alan did uh, point this out to me ages ago. And I'd forgotten about it. And then um, I put the shout out recently and said, right, we've got the, the television um, car stuff stopped. So what are people watching on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Because there's tons of stuff out there. Loads, yeah. Where do, where do I need to look? Because we've, cause the, the, the joy of YouTube is it allows people to get very, very niche. Oh, yeah. And, and if you want to know how to remove the um, blower on a Saab, a 2001 Saab, there is a video out there mm-hmm. for you, yep, absolutely. you know, and, and it's fantastic from that point of view. And it allows people to follow, you know, their real passion. Um, I mean, you look at the likes of Hubnut. I mean, there was, there's no way television would ever show his videos. Nope. Not in a, a hope in hell. And yet they are wonderful. Mm. And because you get to see, you get to see the reality of owning some pretty rubbish cars at times yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what it, what it means to keep them going. So, so when um, I was reminded of yours, I was, I was I've, uh, chained them and was watching them and I, and I noticed that there is, for as much as it's, uh, there's laughs and everything, there is so much care goes into what you're doing because you look at what the finished elements are and they look great. Thank you. So you know this isn't you know for for as much as you you, you be quite British and you know taking the Mickey out of each other yeah. and you know obviously you can't, you can't be complimentary no. people would think something was wrong. Yeah, you're right, <laughs> but you look at the you know the, the care that's taken on the welds and how things are positioned and it's not a case of uh, as much as it's joked occasionally, but it's not a case of it'll do. No, it's thought through beforehand, and yeah. it's it's worked out and then it's put in and everything and because i'm thinking particularly um under the uh the the subframe because of the tweaking that had to be done and the the, sort of the custom mm-hmm. on there and i think just from an engineering point of view that looks gorgeous mm. 
because of the you watch when you especially when you watch the the um, timeline one of it yeah and you saw it all going up and you just thought oh wow and you can see all the elements that went into it and I and I think that's great that you show that and it's not a case of here's before da da yeah. and there it is well, that's kind of the reason that we we decided to do it the way we're doing it um, we got really annoyed by especially American motoring automotive television for example <laughs> there's a deadline man yeah. there's a deadline you've got right. 20 minutes to build four cars yeah. go do me a favor um and there's just arguments and and what you saw often i mean the way they edited it and and the the, the, the um um uh, the deadline was spurious it wasn't real it was because you well, you saw the finished article in the background when they were talking about it. If you looked carefully, you can, it was, what are you doing? But they never showed you anything. If they bolted on a part, that was easy because they bought it and they bolted it on. But when you're, you've got some serious fabrication to do and some serious you – just, you just never saw it. And, and we thought, well, it's all very well doing like a photo blog. If you, or, I don't know what you call it, but you know, a photo blog. Mm. And there's loads of them about it, and they're great. We thought, well, we'll try and shoot it. We'll just try and record it. Maybe it started off as a little walk around at the end at the end of each day, saying this is what we've done. And then we thought, well, no, this isn't this isn't working. We can do better than this. And that's why we we try and take you through all of it, and which is why it's taking so bloody long. <laughs> it's the filming's fault. Well, not the film. It's the filming. It's just <laughs> crazy, stupid, ridiculous amount of oh, um, attention that needs doing to all these things. Because it's a crazy idea. It's insane. <laughs> it's Jack's fault. Because it's wonderful. It's mental. And my no, but it's, but it's brilliantly. Is it's brilliantly mad, though. It's it's utterly British. <laughs> it is right. You know, mad dogs and Englishmen. Yeah, and all quite. That. Had we known what we know now, we probably would never have started it. But it's. <laughs> if, um, but it, it it's it's nice to see that, and it's nice that people are interested in in how it works and and get involved in and uh, the the thought behind it and it, we don't get it right first time as you've seen with the flip front we had to do it all over again and while a lot of care does go into everything that we do we don't always get it right and we often often have to go back and say well actually this doesn't work because or this doesn't fit because so we have to move this or cut this out and we have to do it all again. But that's brilliant. But you can't but help that it. That is utterly, utterly brilliant because it shows the reality of this yeah. to people. And it shows, you know, it isn't a case of it, you know, it takes however many hours and everything's fine. You don't, you've got, you need to see, you need to appreciate things will happen. Yeah. Things are going to crop up. I mean, I was thinking particularly the, um, the indicator. Oh my God. Uh, on the side. Yeah. And you go, who would have thought to, to measure that? You wouldn't think to measure that because you'd just go, it's the right part. Yeah, Everything is fine. And then you're going, hey, hey. Oh, and yeah. then you, and it must have taken, how long did it take to work out that is what the issue was? It was a full day. And, you know, it was, it was one of the, you, you, we only get two days a week at it. And that was a full day trying to work out what the hell was going on. And then it was another day to fix it. So that's a weekend. Gone, done. Thanks very much. Just because some. At Heritage Panels, put the bloody hole in the wrong place. <laughs> you know, it was fine on the other side. So, you know, why couldn't they do it on that side? You know? Yeah, but but no, you're right that people do appreciate it because you. I mean, last time I checked, um, you got 164,620 subscribers. Mm. 
Okay. So you, you, you're doing something well. That's what YouTube tells me. <laughs> so you're doing something that people really appreciate. Well, yeah. Um, we we went into it thinking we might get a you know couple of hundred people watching it, family, friends, friends of friends, and that's about it. Um, so to end up where we are with a million views on episode 15 and 10.5 million for the series is just mind-blowing, Andrew. It's just mind-blowing. It's completely <laughs> insane. We're just two guys. Yeah, we're literally two guys <laughs> with a selection of grinders. And, you know, that's basically it. Um, you have this madcap idea. <laughs> But it's lovely. It's really lovely. And, and, and we're very lucky because the fans are very passionate about it and they're really supportive. And, and I know, you know, it's been six months since the last video and it's six months before the video that. And we used to get them out every sort of two months when we were managing to do lots of lots of little bits, which were dead easy. We're now into mm. the minutiae of it and trying to build. Uh, the, the low hanging fruit is gone. <laughs> this HVAC unit. You've never seen anything like it. I said in the previous episode that HVAC was four letters that strike fear into the hearts of car builders everywhere. <laughs> and I'm never doing another one, ever. Oh, no, no, never no. Doing I don't believe one. that. I don't believe Forget that. It. No. No, you, 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 oh, you're going to, when you eventually finish this, you're going to get to a point, you're going to be sat there one night in the pub. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been there a little while and go, I think we could do something better. And then you'll get a couple of years into it and go, this is why I said never again. No, this is <laughs> no, no. You misunderstand. I'm, I'm definitely, we're definitely doing another project. We've got loads in the pipeline. That's no problem at all. But I'm never building another HVAC unit ever, 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 ever. If Nick wants <laughs> air conditioning and heating in any car that doesn't have it already, he can <laughs> off because it's not. <laughs> but when you see episode seven, wind down the window. Honestly, literally, that's it. I told him this before, but clearly he wanted, he wanted heating. No, but it has to be the best one. Well. I hope it will be because honestly, the work that's gone into this bloody box over the last six months is absolutely insane. But it is beautiful. I'm really pleased with it. <laughs> My God, what a nightmare it's been. You started the video and all the rest of it. At what point did you realize that you had caught the imagination of others and other people had found you and stuff? Did you? Did you suddenly just come along one day and just oh, I'll just have a look at it? Oh, hang on, what's what's that number there? What what's or was it people getting in touch with you? Or episode well, there was yeah, two things I suppose. Episode three, I think, was the one that sort of took off the most. And at that point, I, I said to Nick, I think I think we've got something here. And we had a, an email from a guy in. Massachusetts or somewhere like that. And he said he'd shown the videos to his shop class on right. how to do fabrication and stuff. And I couldn't believe that. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, and then we had some mugs that we bought and they started selling. And then somebody said, well, you should do some t-shirts and stuff. So we, we had that. And then, and then it just went mental. Um, so I'm, yeah, it was around that sort of time. So episode three, episode four, something like that. We thought, well, maybe we've got something here. Um, so yeah, about then, I think probably fairly early on, fairly early on. Again, you're, you're British, so it's a bit difficult to be self-congratulatory too much without 
feeling as though you should be mocked or whatever because yeah. we, we're not allowed to do that no, as a no, nation. No, no, um, it's, it's against the law. It's, I think it's part of Magna Carta or something. I think it is. But did did that give you a bit of a, I don't know, a nice a nice buzz, a nice that mm. you were right in? Look, we we did have the right idea. People do want to see this sort of thing. A bit of vindication, perhaps. I don't. I don't know. I don't know whether. I, I, Not that I'm saying that that's what you set out to do. No, because it wasn't. Um, it, it was more. It's like well, there's, there's lots of different ways of doing it, and I'm not saying that I'm not, neither of us ever said that this is the right way to do it. It's just the way that we're doing it. There's a bunch of different ways of doing it. We may get, you know, we may be doing it the wrong way, but we're doing it our way. Um, and f- and for people to, it's it's quite a weird feeling for people to to join in, to comment, to make the effort to email and to comment on the videos and to to buy the stuff and and to get involved with the project. It's it's quite amazing, and and it's it's sort of it's almost been taken out of our hands because it's not really our project anymore. It's everybody who's watching it and everybody who's contributing to it and everybody who's supporting it. So we feel quite, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, we feel that it's not put pressure on you, though. Well, yeah, it has, but it hasn't because we do not in, not in a bad way. Sorry, I mean, well, no, no, not in a bad way. Not. In, we're always aware. But you have to complete now, though. Well, do we do? But it's, <laughs> yeah, we, no, there's no question. We're definitely going to do so. Um, but it's, it's no, but you can't you can't ever walk off and just go right. I've had enough. The time I have had enough water. of Haver, yeah. HVAC. I am walking away. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. But no, it's it's one of those things. that's sort of been taken out of our hands, and that's quite a humbling thing to 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 have because it's not our project anymore. It's mm. even though it's our car, well, it's Nick's yeah. car because he's mental and he's put all the things that I wouldn't have done. Um, uh, it, it's 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 somebody else. It's everybody else's project. It's our car, but it's everybody else's project. So. Um, and it's, it's just a hum, it's really humbling. It's really it's cool. It's great. It's really cool. But it does put pressure on you because we're doing everything wrong from YouTube's point of view. You know we, you know we, we put out content sporadically every six months and nobody you know everybody wants weekly stuff. You know now mm. let's have loads of it. Let's have rubbish every week or every day. Show us what you're eating. Yeah, <laughs> forget that. So we know we're doing it all wrong. We know we annoy lots of people by taking forever to do stuff. Um, but here's what it is. And as long as people keep coming with us, it's fine. It's no problem. So when you're doing the filming, how long does it does it take? Forgetting how long it takes to do the actual bit of the car, mm. how long does it take for you to produce a vid? Um, do you go in with an idea of what you're going to do beforehand? No. 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 So it's, it's all, this is what it is, and yeah. we will talk like we talk. Yeah. We'd, and that's that's how it is. And at the end of it, we edit it. Yeah, we decide what we're going to shoot as we're doing it. If this is interesting, we'll shoot it. Um, if we're doing two of something, we'll only shoot one of them, and then the other one just is just you know. Sometimes we skip lots of stuff because, like for example, the last episode we had we had to re-engineer the entire flip front because it wasn't working. But we just knew that if we filmed it all. We'd be, we'd, been, we'd be another three months down the line. So we decided, sod it. We're not going to film it all. We'll make it. We'll fit it. And then you're just going to have to trust us, you know. Um, um, so it takes a long time. I reckon it takes, just to edit it, takes the edit, the voiceover, the production, and all that sort of stuff. It's probably between, depending on the 
the episode, but probably between 60 and 80 hours, maybe a little bit more, in the edit. And that's not including the filming time. I was going to say, how, how many hours of filming? Well, Nick seems to think it takes three times longer to do something when you're filming it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got this arbitrary figure of three times long, but I don't believe it. Having said that, Nick up there on his own for most of it, because I live 120 miles away from him. And when you have to set the camera up, get the shot, do the thing, take it off, set the next shot up, do the thing, you know, and all this, I yeah. can understand why he thinks it takes him three times longer. Um, and, the, and the thing that takes the most time is the pieces to camera. So when we're both doing pieces to camera, it's never scripted. It's always, okay, we've got an idea on our head what we want to say, yeah. but actually trying to say it is <laughs> nigh on impossible. Well, as the outtakes will testify. Exactly. So we are rubbish at that. We are absolutely rubbish at it. Um, but again, it's one of those things that, you know, you could, lots of people say, oh, I'll leave the outtakes in. That's not, I, I want to put out good quality content. And the, the out, if you left the outtakes in, while they would be funny at times, they'd get annoying after a while. And I think I'd, I'd much rather cut them out and put a separate video of the outtakes because we get it wrong a lot than have them in and, and sort of, I don't know, just, I don't know. I th- I th- I th- it may detract from the, the, the build vid. Hmm. I think it would. Um, and I, you know, I found it enjoyable that there's, here's this separate video hmm. plus, you know, just talking about creating content hmm. makes it easier to fill the gaps between. I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew. I, I, I know, I know. Just a suggestion, I'm just a suggestion for you. you. You can run with that if you like. <laughs> I I don't envy you, having tried to do a few pieces to camera and have been dreadful, I don't envy setting it up, talking to camera, and then concentrating and doing a thing, yet trying to appreciate, well, hang on, I can't stand here because the camera's not going to see anything mm. and all this... You know, you're the presenter, director, film director, editor, <laughs> editor. Sound, all, um, you know, yeah. you're all wrapped up in one person, mm-hmm. you know, or two people yeah. at a time, depending on if you're both there. Yeah. And you're trying to do all this and build. Mm. Yeah, and build a really complicated car. Yeah. I know, this is this is difficult. Mm. Let's make it hard. Yeah, let's, 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 yeah, absolutely. That seems to be what we're doing quite a lot. It's just like, okay, right. Let's, let's, and, and Nick's very good at that. He's, he's really good at going, well, this looks good. We, we need to do this. But what I really want to do is this, which is 20 times more complicated than it needs to be. So I have well, to bring them in. The wheel arches. Well, no, that the was... They were... The wheel arches weren't particularly complicated. They were just, they had to be that because that... it was time consuming. Oh, God. Yes. Doing it that way. My God. Because you could see, because it was the, and here's the little bit, and here's another one, and here's another one. And, and I, could, I just and thought, if you have to be there holding the camera, it's going to be that fast show sketch where he goes, and we move it a little bit. Yeah. And we yeah. move it a little bit. Pop. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was yeah, so showing my age a little bit there, but uh, right. yeah. <laughs> this week, I mean, most week, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Do you guys go to shows and things like that and get recognised? You know, like um, uh, the NEC or things like that, or do you do you have your own stand? No, no, we we here's our jig. We can sell you. We don't. <laughs> no, there's a few things that lots of people want plans for the jig, but we're rather re- reticent to do that because I wouldn't want anybody building it and they're hurting themselves because they've built it to our specifications. So I, don't, I think that's one of the reasons that we haven't got plans. For, um, 
So I don't want liability yeah. from you. But no, um, we've been to, we went to the uh, Goodwood Festival of Speed. We were very lucky to get invited onto the stand at Link ECU stand, one of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to bring, they said, it's easy getting a, you know, a drift car and everybody's got all that sort of stuff and blah, blah, blah. Why don't you bring the Mini? We went, Phew. all right. Um, so we did. We strapped it to a to um, the back of a tra- uh, back of a trailer and and took it down in all her glory. And then at nine o'clock on Thursday morning, there was about fifteen people lined up outside the <laughs> the the, um, the stand waiting for us to open it so they could see the car, which was astonishing. So for four days at Goodwood <laughs> Festival of Speed, Nick and I managed to get about four hours to ourselves, oh. which was astonishing. Um, <laughs> And then we got invited to the international mini meet last year in Ireland. So we went across to oh, yeah. um, went across to um, West Ireland, fantastic Westport. Um, we had a couple of days over there getting drunk with uh, um, people from all over Europe with their minis, and that was that was really good fun. The really good fun. Um, so yeah, and we get recognised. I got recognised in Asda. Nick's got re- recognised in Tesco's buying some staples. <laughs> um, you know, it, it does happen, but not not. Like- yeah, and it wasn't the tax money. It is fantastic. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you should say. It. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. Do you enjoy doing the vids? Mm, yeah. You you must do because because mm. of the time consuming and the and the and the fact it's difficult and the fact that you know that isn't job one for you you know that that's a role you've thrown on yourselves yeah we do um i think if you ask nick you might give it a different answer but but do you do you enjoy the fact that you're explaining stuff mm. in um in i don't i don't want this to sound wrong but in almost in real time in the you know, in a slower pace than like tv can manage because they just can't manage it if they look, because they try and please so many people. Yeah, it's impossible to do that with, with something like us. I mean, the, the beauty about YouTube um, is that it's democratized television. Mm. So you can produce anything you want to and get it out there. And people, people either like it or they don't. Um, they'll either come with you or they won't. We, yeah, we do. We get a kick out of people saying their wives enjoy it, even though they're not understanding it. And we got people that are saying, mm. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, but I enjoy the video all the same. <laughs> Which, you know, I can, you know, we don't know what we're doing either. But it, it's one of those things that, it, yeah, we do enjoy. It. We definitely enjoy. It. And and the more people that come with us, the, the the better it is, I suppose. Because if you can, I don't want to sound like I was just arrogant, but if you can educate people, if you can show people why you need algebra, why you mm. need basic maths tools, why you need to be able to um, uh, solve problems in these ways. I, th- I think certainly for the f- uh, for the youth coming up, and if they're watching this and getting inspired by it, saying, I could do that, mm. then I-, I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. Um, so we've never talked down to our audience. We've never patronized the audience. You know, you, 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 it, we've never dumbed it down. We've always tried to explain it the best we can, um, and some things you have to skip over, some things you don't. But but most of the time, if it's complicated but it's interesting, we'll do it. We'll show it, mm. and we'll try to explain it. You know, because it's because it's not dead straightforward. A lot of the stuff. In fact, none of the stuff we're doing is dead straightforward. But we haven't got massive tools. We haven't got 
you know, big CNC machines. We haven't got plasma CNCs. We've got all this. It's basically just a couple of blokes with a grinder and a, and a, and a welder and some fairly nice hand tools and, then, and a lathe. And that's what you can achieve if you've got the drive to do it and the ability to do it. Yeah, and you, you've got to have the knowledge. And, and I think you, 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 what you said there about the showing what um, what engineering's about and the fact that it isn't a, about a computer fixing all the problems. No. Because you have to understand the basics and the principles upon which the computer is making the decisions. I know you're not, you're not using a computer, but if someone was relying on a computer, you need to understand the basics and the, the fundamentals. Trying to, to show how this sort of stuff is actually interesting and how it is relevant, mm-hmm. I think as much as anything, how it is relevant, is an important task that... Uh, Personally, I'm glad that people like you are doing it because then it, it shows that we're not just going, oh, forget it, it doesn't matter. Because how are we supposed to fix problems mm. if we don't know? Mm. If we don't know basics, we can't fix problems. Yep. Um, because you can't just map. You couldn't just map Binky into a computer, no. scan it in and go, right, fix all these things. No. Because it wouldn't understand. No, it wouldn't. It's also, it, it, it also, I, I, I didn't want, I didn't, aspire to this to start with but I, I want to show people that it's a okay to make mistakes mm-hmm. and go back and fix them because effectively it's, what we're doing is just metal you know none of it matters you can always just cut it out and start again but a lot of people are scared of that it's like oh my god what if you, you know what, what if they just cut it out just do it again it's all right it's not a problem it just takes time but i just want people to try it pick up a welder pick up a grinder you know, and try this stuff, work with your hands. And, and, and we've, we were, neither of us were, although I did mechanical and production engineering, um, Nick didn't, he was an architect, he did architecture. So all the stuff that we've picked up is literally, honestly, just, it's just doing it. None of it is training. We've never had, we never went to university or anything like that. We just, just picked up tools and used them. We broke mm. a few, you know, and we broke, some cars, um, but, you know, um, but we learn a lot doing it, um, mm. and that's the way to learn, as far as I'm concerned. How come the Ed China <laughs> episode came about? Did have you known Ed for ages? Or no, when his because I thought it was awesome. By the Thank way, you. It was um, great it, because was it was such a shame that it, it was time for him to move on. Mm. Totally understandable. Yeah. Um, the reaction by the internet was ridiculous. It was. Um, it just, just there's no need for there it. Wasn't just, you know, people move on. Yeah. You, nothing stays the same. Just everybody relax. Different taxes, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, but yes, it, it was, it was, it was overblown and completely ridiculous. But when that happened, no, go go backwards. I met him at go kart track. Him and Mike were shooting an episode of Wheeler Dealers, and. Mm-hmm. I met Ed and I introduced him to Project Binky and never thought anything about it until he left Wheeler Dealers. And then I tweeted him privately and said, what would you charge to come up and just do a quick cameo? Because I knew exactly what I wanted him to do, Mm. which was give us the tease. And that was it (laughs) at the beginning. That was all I wanted him to do. And he very kindly tweeted me back. And then we we, we spoke on the phone a few times and, and... um, it took a little while to, to, to sort out, but eventually he and his wife drove all the way from Henley or somewhere like that and up to Shropshire on a Monday afternoon, spent five hours with us till 
God knows when it was, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, and drove all the way back for nothing. And they shot the the bit that I wanted to shoot. We shot a couple of other bits and pieces of doing sweeping around the back at the end, um, doing and right at the very end of that episode, after the credits roll, he's doing the up and down with the um, uh, with the flip front. Um, and then we also shot some stuff for his YouTube channel as well. I was doing some, I read up some questions, and we we had we shot for a while. And and we've been really good friends ever since. He he, he was tremendous. He had an absolute blast. And we got on like an absolute house on fire. Because he he definitely comes across as someone who, similar to yourselves, the same sort of ethos mm. as yourselves, is showing this is how these things do. Yeah. And he and he definitely comes across as a tinkerer. Oh, very much so. Yeah, crikey, totally got involved and. Um, it was it, it was it was a really good day, really good day. It was really interesting, and and his wife's lovely images, fantastic. And they brought biscuits, um, so that was good. And very posh biscuits too, as you might imagine. <laughs> I take it the complete focus now is is obviously Binky, but you must be thinking of the future mm. a bit and ideas mm-hmm. uh, for when it gets completed, mm-hmm. and you sort of sit there and go. Now this is out the way. Type in your mind. I've, look, we finished it. It's all wonderful. Everything. It is the best. Now, have you got um, one or two ideas, or many, many mm. ideas on things you want to do? <laughs> we have. Let me count it. Hang on a second. We've got. I can't say them out loud. No, no, no. Don't. So don't, you got, can't, no, spo- no spoilers, please. So we've got one, two, three, four, five. There's probably six projects in stock, i.e. at the unit. Okay, without opening the doors then, Um, without having to go outside. (laughs) Yes, without having to buy anything. Um, Okay, then let's just work that out. Don't. No, 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 no. I know what you're doing. And if you don't get a production team, that's about 34 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not all will be quite as involved as Project Binky. Okay, we'll take it down to 25. Yes, I would say that's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> oh, dear. No, yes, but we've, yeah, but the, 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 um, out if you if you if you count those in stock and then you count the ones that we've got in our minds that change every time I see him, um, there's probably about twenty, if not more. Mm. So it's actually deciding on what comes next is actually really difficult because every week it changes. Every week we want to do something else. Um, so at I some point we've got to do, we've got to go right. Okay, because so last week on on was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Just Tuesday just gone. We both decided at that time. I think it was about twenty past ten at night on Tuesday night. We decided that the next project would be this. Okay, done. We've finished that. We parked that. Let's move on to the next one. So that will change next week. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee. It. So what have you got left? To do? And we're not going to ask time because time hmm. is only a construct. Us humans have come up Quite. with. As, as has been demonstrated. Um, <laughs> what have you got left to do on Binky? Right, so... Um, and it, is this... What is the ultimate aim to do it? Are you aiming to race no. Binky? Or just no, no. just get it so it is the best? It's a road car. It's always been a road car. Okay, we've got electric so windows and Yeah, we've got central locking and we've got, you know, automatic wipers, flip front and, you know. So um, it's never going to be a race car. We've, we've put the mounting plates for a cage in it just because 
while we were there with the body and white, it was silly not to. And you have motorsport in the yeah, team, but we haven't the company name. <laughs> yes, but we're not planning to put a cage in it. Um, so what's next? Um, what's to do? Lots. The HVAC was um, we still haven't finished that, but it, it's not far off now. With that done, it's now really wiring is probably next on the list. So wiring will come up in episode eighteen. Then it's there's actually not. Well, say not that much. There's a load, but the but it's not as bad as it, it, it. This 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 particular. Every time I say this, something else happens. But if we, we can get over this hump, this bloody age, get over the age. We, we are totally. It's gravy. It's all gravy because wiring is relatively straightforward. And then is it cosmetics? Yeah, pretty much. But it's got to all be built up, and then it's all going to be taken apart and then painted and then put back together. Mm. So once the electrics are done, there's a couple of. <laughs> there's a couple of little snags that we've got to overcome um with the engine insulation with ancillaries mainly if we can get over those it's great what, them not melting no no it's i'm not worried about that i'm worried about <laughs> how we're going to have an alternator <laughs> oh because okay. there is no room for it bonnet bonnet scoop no <laughs> you spend all that time doing the bonnet you could have a bonnet scoop it's still very <laughs> difficult to drive so um, I don't quite know how we're going to get over that. We've got a few ideas. Some of them may work, some of them may not, but we've got to try them. So that might take a little while. But if we can get over the alternator unit, it's because the suspension of the brakes is a bit of a pain in the ass. Brakes is a ball ache. Um, we've got to go over the – that's another bit of a problem. I think we've fixed it. I think we've solved it. But brakes is a pain. And this, it, Honestly, the rest of it is just bolt up stuff. Bolt, build the engine, bolt it in, run it, take it apart, paint it. Put it back together again. Done. Piece of cake. Sounds, sounds dead easy. I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. just just another few months. Sure. Just another few months. Yeah, should should be finished by Christmas. I would have thought. <laughs> yes, yeah, they, they said in 1914. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean that's uh, that is amazing actually, considering it's it's you two, it's weekends, and. Yeah, well, we've mentioned it before. You are pretty insane for what you're trying to do. Thanks. It's okay. It's <laughs> purely a compliment. <laughs> but but it is. I mean, normal people don't think these things up. No, normal people aren't that drunk. <laughs> what I'd like to do now, because um, because I, I don't want to, I'm I'm really avoiding time on uh, talking about Binky because that's not fair because that's not how it works. And uh, I want to move on to the quick fire questions, if that's all right. Yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah. By all means. Okay. I've got to so I'm... Just so I know what you're going to... <laughs> I'm going to start off with the one I always do, okay, which is what currently excites you about the motoring world? Hmm. Well, I... You, you, you may not think it, but um, as a massive petrol head, I'm quite excited about the way EVs are going. I love the VW Pikes Peak car that's going mm. out. That looks like quite a piece of kit. And I have nothing against electric vehicles. If they can sort the range out and they can make them lighter, which is bound to come, then there's no reason to continue with the internal combustion engine, much as I'd like it to stay, because, you know, mm. who doesn't like the sound of a Millington on flat chat? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, high-performance EVs, um, the, the 
the talk, the the um, the instant uh, oomph waft, as we call it in the karting world, um, is um, yeah, I love the I love the sound of that. We're definitely going to have to do an EV at some point. Well, um, talking of minis, BMW showed off mm. um, a classic mini that they'd EV'd. Yeah, I saw that. And and I think uh, I know there are a few companies that are doing this, but I think um, electrified classics. Is, is, I think that is going to be a market that really takes Couldn't off. Couldn't agree more. When somebody can produce a, an off-the-shelf battery pack yeah. that can do what, 100, 150 miles real range, yep. um, then you can have all the, the, the wonder of a classic, which is how interiors used to be and mm-hmm. how it looks and all that. But you don't have the, should we say, Quirkiness of the mechanical side of things. No, perhaps. No, no, but um, you know, imagine a, a, a Tesla-powered um, T1 split screen. It's doable. Mm. It's all there. Yeah, and you've got plenty absolutely. of space in it. I, I just think it'd be. I, I can't wait till more of that happens. Wouldn't it be cool? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, uh, we, Alan and I, drove around Britain in an electric yes. um, vehicle and. I was surprised at round how much of it we could get yeah. in six days. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew there was bits we couldn't, um, and we were pushing use cases because we only had six days to do it. <laughs> you know, for most normal people, you know, you go to somewhere for a few days and then you come back, so you don't need what we needed, no. which was all the rapid chargers laid up in a row, please, <laughs> yeah. and no one on them. Thank you very much. Yeah, do me a favour, get out of the way. I'm going to rush. Yes. It's already going to be midnight before I see my hotel. Get out of the way. <laughs> um, but it, it, you, can, you can explore so much of this country in one of those, mm. uh, and, it, and it gives you a... And having driven it, it reminded me of driving... I mean, I've had a Beetle and a, and a Mini of driving those, which was you you drive it in a slightly different way right. that you do a modern car. Yeah. Because you are looking to use momentum to get you up a hill because you don't have the power, say. Yeah. And and you, then you can cruise down the other side of the hill and things like that. And that's very much the the way we were driving the EV because we wanted the range and everything. So you do have to modify your style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate just remember what it, what it used to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay then so what currently worries you about the motoring world um suvs crossovers uh they're just awful awful things and there's no need for them so what do you drive yourself um i've got a um a alpha 159 estate because they're gorgeous they're oh, gorgeous. <laughs> just mine's falling apart but it's it's, it's a super looking vehicle my wife's got a, um, a Honda Accord estate, and it's just brilliant because you can get anything in it. It's just brilliant. And in SUVs, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the space inside them is not getting any bigger. I couldn't get what I can get in the back of the Honda in the back of any SUV. I hate them with a passion. They should all be just exploded immediately hate them and because what worries me about it is the fact that ford recently just said they're not going to build any sedans you know saloons or or estate versions of that and what what are you kidding me no no i know i saw that today and i was uh i think distraught is an understatement uh at the minute i'm trying to speak to all the manufacturers so i can test out their estates because i am i am convinced i love an estate so do i uh, my my dad used to have estates i've been brought up on estates so i mm-hmm. 
I know how great they are. And I think it offers you more than an SUV does yep. apart from the ride height. That's the only difference. What do you need the ride height for? I don't understand the reason well, for the ride height. Well, there's, uh, there's, there's lots of things that people suggest that it's um, a psychological thing and people feel safer in them and things like that. I, I'm not agreeing with that, but I, that's what people suggest is the reason. But if it's perception. And I can sort of see that. Yeah, yeah, it's perception. Yeah. Um, but I think people miss out by not having an estate. Oh, I, I, I love an estate. Why couldn't you get done with an RS6? Hey, tell me that. No. no <laughs> you know, what absolutely. couldn't you get done with an RS6? Uh, I don't know. Perhaps we just test it with the uh, the AMG E-Class. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was, uh, yeah. What, you know, that's, I just think they're fantastic things. And, and SUVs can do one as well. <laughs> proper 4x4 is fine for where they're needed. Yeah. I, I have no problem with a Discovery or, you know, if it's been, you know, if it's been used you know, in rural areas, because I'm from rural areas, so I totally understand it. I have no issue with that. But a cash guy? <laughs> okay, then. Uh, what has been your favourite car to drive, and why was that? Hmm. Road car. Okay. Um, well, you can, you can share your... You can share all. <laughs> I think the... Uh, uh, I loved... I loved driving the Formula Ford 1600 car as a race car. I think it's just a fabulous thing. And young drivers coming up through the ranks should do more of that because there's literally no grip. You can get it all kinds of stupid angles and get it back again. It's it's just a fabulous thing to drive. So is that a great teaching, mm, do you think? Yeah, having the car moving yeah, underneath you all the time is... And you have to develop your technique. Yeah. You, you, you know, you... you it, they always seem, and I'm, I'm very ignorant of this, but they always seem as though there's nowhere to hide. No. No, it's, it's it, momentum. It's, it's down to you yeah. to sort it. Yeah, it is, totally. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. You can't <laughs> rely on the air. You can't rely on anything. It's, it's just a lovely thing to drive quickly. It just moves, and it's, it's, it's alive underneath you. If you've got a set of rights. It's absolutely fabulous to drive. It's not very quick. It's got no grippy, not going really quick around the corners, but just the, the feel of it is brilliant. And much the same as that, I love driving caterums. Caterums do it for me because they are, oh, they're just so alive. They're so cool to drive. I um, really want to try one. I've, I've never driven one. I really, really want to try they one. They are terrific things. They're just awesome. Although, having said that, the, the Subaru that I've got at the moment is just a weapon. It's fabulous. It's extraordinarily fast. It's ridiculously too quick for the for the roads, really. To be honest, the, it doesn't matter whether it's wet. It which, just, which one have you got? I got a uh, Spec D, so it's WRX STI, mm-hmm. uh, t- two thousand six. So it's the two point five. So it's slightly bigger. Um, so it's not. It's, a lot of people say, "Oh, it's not a proper, you know, proper WRX." Well, it is, but it's it's um it's a weapon. The grip is unbelievable. It doesn't matter if it's raining, snowing, whatever. The, the grip is absolutely awesome it just goes it starts on the button it's got a big boot on it four doors four wheel drive you know you can get all your luggage in the back of it and you can get there at 140 mile an hour if you want to it's <laughs> it's it's brilliant i love it what has been your least favorite car to drive and why was that <laughs> oh my god where do you start with that um i recently took the alpha in for a MOTN service and I thought I got a courtesy car and it's an alpha specialist 
and they gave me a 147 diesel. And <laughs> it was just awful. <laughs> it was horrific. <laughs> I was so disappointed because it, it was gutless. Mm. It was the ergonomics had never been thought of. It, it was I can't describe how. Yeah, but is that not classic alpha? No, but the thing was, it was the same the same age as my one five nine, pretty much. But but it was so poor. I can't describe. <laughs> I was so disappointed with it. So that's probably the worst car I've driven because it was just if you needed half a mile in either direction, if you're going to pull out of a T junction, just to make sure you could actually get to the other side of the road and pull out and get up to some speed, <laughs> it was terrible. It was awful. I've never again. <laughs> okay, then what car would you like to own next? Mm. Whether this is realistically or... Um, uh, you can go however you like. Right. Um, I think... I think I'd like... I think I'd like to go back to what you said just a few minutes ago. I'd like to try the E-Class and the RS6 against each other. And then pick one of those. Replicate that. Um, Clarkson did one. Did a piece. A, it was very early of the the old new Top Gear. Mm. He got he got. Uh, it was the M5 Estate and the E Class. Right. And he he ended up somehow they'd shut Manchester Airport, so he got some time to play on oh, Manchester cool. Airport runway in both of them. And I I just looked at him and I was just going. Well, my dad had Mercs a lot, so I really like that. <laughs> but then that, that's an M5, so I really yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree with you. Yeah, okay, let's, let's twin test, please. Yes, so <laughs> probably, yeah. So either it, would be, it would be one of those two big estates. Mm, yes, that's a very good choice. <laughs> I, I mean, you just, there's nothing you can't do with them. No, absolutely. And, and if you debadge them, they're stealth. Mm. I dive stealth. Because most people wouldn't. Wouldn't notice. I love a bit of stealth. I mean, you've seen I mean, Binky's going to be just got wide arches on it. From all mm. intents and purposes, it looks like a standard car. The Spec D Subaru that I've got is silver with no silly wheels, no big wing on it, but it's 300 horse. You know, it's, it's a it's a monster. Um, so I quite like that whole. There's there's a lot to be said for that because there's plenty of people that draw attention to themselves. Yeah, plenty of them. We don't. We we definitely don't want to. No, no. absolutely. <laughs> uh, what's your favourite road to drive on? Hmm. It's what it's 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 the road from Shrewsbury to uh, Rattlinghope, and the reason that's my favourite road is because it's one I know best, and it's also got everything. It's got everything. It's um, if you go from Shrewsbury to um, Rattlinghope, it's bumpy in places. It's got this. It's got this downhill section out of Pulverbatch, where it goes through a chicane at the bottom blind and then it goes up this really steep hill at Cullicut Hill when really steep in places and then you drop down the other side down into the valley um, and it's about 12 miles and it's fabulous and I know every single nut every single rut every single pothole every single thing I love it hello piece of gravel yes yes exactly so and it's a cracking road to push on no I, I do like a road that I know really well yeah that's 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 the one for me Okay, excellent. So then, uh, what is the most pointless optional extra you've had the misfortune to experience? I don't know, Andrew. I don't know. Because I've never specced a car. I've always bought second-hand hmm. crap. So I, I don't know whether they were optional extras or not. Subaru's not crap, to be fair. Yes, all right. That's, the, oh, that's probably the best one I've got. Yeah, that's the best one I've had. Um, 
but the it, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. So you've not you've not had anything where you've gone. Why why has this been added? I had I had a um, apart from that diesel to that one four seven. Yeah, what <laughs> what were they doing? I'm trying to think. I had a, um, a Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited when I was in the states, and that, mm-hmm. I found the it was obviously second hand, and I found the sheet the spec sheet on it, and they ticked every single optional extra. It was. It must have been. It must have been tens of thousands of dollars when it was new, and when I bought it for next to nothing. But I can't remember anything. Which is the joy of buying second yes, hand. Yes, somebody else has had all the pain. A hoofing great big V8 that you're paying like a dollar fifty for a gallon of petrol. I oh, don't tease us. Oh please. no, it was mega. The cheapest I found it was in in, in West Virginia. I was paying seventy nine cents a gallon. This was back in two thousand. Yeah, seventy nine cents a gallon. Um, I can't. I can't. I don't know, Andrew. I can't. I can't answer that one. Okay, that's all Sorry. right. Who do you think I should talk to after speaking to you? Talk to Ed. Okay. Talk to Ed. He is on my uh, hit list. Is he on? Which is, which is a spreadsheet. So it's all right. It's it's, not I just liked just to try and keep myself sounding impressive. <laughs> talk to Ed. He, he'd be great, and he's he's great. He's great values. He's he's a lovely company, and. Um, yeah, he's a terrific bloke, so try and get hold of Ed. I will, I will try my very best. Well, uh, just before I say thank you, um, I just want to say, what are the best ways for people to follow you, stroke Project Binky, stroke Brad Obsession Motorsport? <laughs> well, um, search any of those. Um, yeah, YouTube, on YouTube, we're, um, the channel is Bad Obsession Motorsport. Um, the project mm-hmm. is Project Binky, and if you type in either of those, they'll come up reasonably early in the search which is quite nice we're on facebook and we're also on twitter and we've got a website which is www.badobsessionmotorsport.co.uk that's about it we don't do instagram and face and what else the other ones i don't know there's loads of other ones but I, those are the snapchat yeah snapchat <laughs> um <laughs> we've got enough to do you have a patreon we do have a patreon we do have i'll a put the link into patreon that'd be amazing because that's 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 it's funding tea and biscuits. Well, it's, no, it's actually doing probably a bit. It's more doing than that, considerably more than that, in fact, and it's it's um, it's allowed us to have the confidence to take this to the next level. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if if YouTube, a load of people watching YouTube wasn't enough of a confidence booster, the fact that people are putting their hand in their pocket mm. is just brilliant for nothing, and, for no benefit. Yeah, I just think that's awesome of them, and um, I hope anyone listening that was uh, considering it goes out and does that because oh, it's, uh, I I love what you guys do. Thank you very much. I think it's it's brilliant. It's great fun. It's utterly British. I don't think <laughs> any other nation, people from another nation, would have done it in the way that you guys do it. No. And uh, you're you're educating me, which I I always find, but in an entertaining way. So. Thank you so much for that. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks once again to Richard for coming on Rearview and chatting with me. I hope you found our conversation as fascinating as I did. If you want to suggest someone I should ask to come on this show, please do get in touch. If you use the hashtag RearviewPod, we'll be guaranteed to see it here in Motoring Podcast Towers. If you want to get in touch with me directly, search for Crap Windscreen on Twitter. And if you like to keep up to date with motoring news, opinions and car reviews, go try out The Sister Show, which is The Motoring Podcast. Remember, you can support everything we do at The Motoring Podcast in a couple of ways. Please go to motoringpodcast.com forward slash support to see what they are. I would also really appreciate it if you could tell others about this show. I want as many people as possible to hear the stories of these great guests who come on here. And if you haven't already... 
If you would like to subscribe, that would be awesome. That means that the show comes to you without you having to worry about wondering whether I've sent it out or not. So until next time, that was Richard Brunning, I've been Andrew Clues, and safe motoring. <laughs>